Hello. We are excited that you have decided to join us today via our podcast. There are other ways you can join. You can watch us live on Facebook, YouTube, and Roku under the Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries or on our website at www.mtdm.org. You can also join us in the sanctuary at 401 North Wright Street, Bergaw, North Carolina, 28425, every Sunday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. If you would like to give a donation, you can go to our website and click the donation button at www.mtdm.org. Us, in Jesus' name, amen. Tonight, I'm going to do a little bit of teaching, and then we're going to let the ones that did not come up, come up and talk about salvation and being born again. Amen. Amen. Everybody is so excited about that. We give God glory for it. So I want to go back over um, what um, I went over last week uh, talking about the righteousness of God. And being now that we're born again, we were made righteous through Jesus and not through anything that we have done or anything that we would ever do. So we thank God for Jesus. Amen. The scripture I went over was Romans 3, 20 through verse 22, Romans 3, 20 through verse 22, and it reads, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh would be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. So the first thing that Paul was telling them that by the deeds of the law, no one would be justified. What the law did, it made them aware of their sin. When we go back and we look um, back in Genesis dealing with Adam and Eve and dealing with everything that God created was very good. And we know that sin came into the world for them being disobedient to the one command that God had given them, which was do not eat from that tree of knowledge of good and evil. If you eat from that tree, you shall surely die. So they ate from the tree. They died spiritually. Sin came into the world. And by sin coming into the world, it separated them from God because God cannot look on sin. So they could not have that fellowship the way they need to have that fellowship with God because the spirit of God left them. So when we look at that, we look at how the world was full of sin and being that the world was full of sin they didn't know that they were sinning it looked as if that they were living like they need to live if we look at genesis um, 6 5 it says then the lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually can you imagine Everything that they even thought about was evil continually, but they didn't see anything wrong with it. That's just the way they thought it should be. So evil was present in the world. Everything that God created was good, but when sin came into the world, there was evil. Look at the world that we're living in today. People are doing things that they think is okay. They're doing things that they think 
That's right. And the more that you do these things, have y'all noticed that it becomes a part of you? And that's just the way you live and that's the way you see things. And I'm going to break that down again. If you were raised in a home where living, um, shacking up, I can say, you're shacking up and you're not married. Meaning that you, you say you're together, that's my boyfriend, that's my girlfriend, we're going to live together. So that's fornication. That's having sex outside of marriage. People do it today and they say it's nothing wrong with it. But that's not the way God created things to be. When we know the way that God created things to be, we won't be doing things that way. Now I'm going to say even with people being sinners, they know it's not right. They have um, an intuitive knowledge on the inside of them knowing it's not right. But everybody is doing it, so they're making what's right not right. They're taking evil and making it good and good and making it evil. Come on, how many of y'all has been, have been raised and you have went into some homes and you got different kids all over the place? Different kids, what I mean, different uh, daddies. You may have a house full of kids, but all of them got different daddies. How, come on now. Everybody think that's okay. But that's not the way God intended for it to be. And see, people get mad when you talk about this. But I'm breaking down just how God intended for things to be. So this is how they were. Every intent of their thoughts was evil, but they didn't see nothing wrong with it. It was evil continually. It was wickedness before them continually. It was in their heart. So that's just how they live. Look at the world today. We're seeing these things. We're seeing people do things like stealing. We're seeing people murdering. We're seeing all of this being done and they don't see nothing wrong with it. We're seeing all of this stuff and people say it's okay, but it's not okay. Look at your neighbor say it's not okay. okay. So who told you it was okay? When people get used to living that way, it's okay. And when somebody come in and tell them the truth, like me or maybe you, they don't like you. They think you're too holy, but I'm just giving you what the word of God says. When we know the way that God created male and female and how the male and female supposed to come together when they are married to have children. That's when they're supposed to come together, when they know each other, when they become acquainted with each other. That means that when they say, I do, then they can come together, not before that time. But we were raised in a society that is okay to dip and trip. Come on. Let's just be honest. Come on, y'all. Tell the truth. It's okay to dip and trip. It's okay. It's okay to sleep around. It's okay to commit adultery. You knowing that man is married to another woman, but you want that man for what he got. So you sleep with that man and think you got some. You ain't got nothing but that wife in the bed with you. Because if that man slept with her and he sleep with you, he's sleeping with her. Y'all didn't know. But people say it's okay. Women say Well, I don't care if he's still with his wife as long as he take care of me. Is that evil or what? Long as he keep bringing in the money, long as he keep whining and dining me, he can stay with his wife. She the one to fool. No, you ignorant. 
Somebody needed to hear this on live. For some reason, somebody needed to hear this. If that man have not left his wife and he's messing with you but won't leave his wife, how you think you're going to have a good man that's messing around on his wife? How can he be good? That ain't good. That's evil. How can you say he love you because he in your bed, but he ain't home with his wife. When he get out your bed, he going home to his wife. We got some ignorant men out there. Somebody need to hear this. But then we got some women that know what they doing. And they want to stay. But if you stay, you're going to have to forgive and you're going to have to let God heal you. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. I'm talking about the lesson tonight. Talking about the lesson. This is how it, I'm going to read it again. Genesis 1 31. Then God saw everything that he had made. Well, well, no, that was the good part. Genesis 6 5. <laughs> then the Lord saw, he's seeing it again. The wickedness of man was great in the earth. Can y'all imagine the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's all he thought was evilness. And then it says in verse 11 in that same chapter, the earth also was corrupt before God. Guess why the earth was corrupt? That's not the way God created it to be. And the earth was filled with violence. Guess why? So the Lord looked upon the earth and indeed it was corrupt. Now listen how it got corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. Man made the earth corrupt. Then it says, and God said to Noah, the end of all flesh have come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them. And behold, I will destroy them with the earth. God cannot look on sin. God hates sin. God love us, but he hates sin. So sin had to be dealt with because we could not stand before a holy God with sin being present y'all. So God had to deal with sin. Now I'm getting back to the righteousness of God and letting you know about the righteousness of God. God was righteous. He was holy. He hates sin. So he said, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to destroy everything I created, the animals, man, everything. And he kept Noah, his sons, their wives, his wife. And God told him about the animals to bring on the ark. And he come up with another generation. Did he not? Because he hates sin. He realized it grieved God. That's what it said. It grieved God. So by everybody doing what they want to do and not recognizing that it was wicked and it was evil because that was the sin nature that was in them. God had to come up with some law. He had to come up with some laws to let them know that they were sinning and they had to abide by those laws. If they did not abide by those laws, it meant death. So when we look at Exodus fifteen twenty six, it said, and said, if you diligently heed the voice of the Lord, your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statues. They had to do this in order to get this. He said, I will put none of these diseases on you, which I have brought on the Egyptians for I am the Lord who heals you. So he said, you got to keep all my statues. You got to keep all my commands. And if you keep all of them, 
You won't have disease on you like the Egyptians have disease on them. Now, God knew they can't keep all my commands. They can't keep all my statutes because if you break one, this is the law. If you break one, you broke them all. You may not be a thief, but if you a murderer, you a thief. If you lie, you're going to steal. If you steal, you're going to cheat. Because one sin, break one, you broke them all. That's how high God's standards were. Isn't that something? So up under the Old Testament, up under the law, you could not break God's commands. If you broke God's commands, the penalty was death. So God had to set laws. And the reason he set those laws, it would tell them you are in the need of a savior because you are unable to keep them. Come on. How many of us keep them now? Not one soul in here, including me. What do I mean by that? All of us mess up somewhere. We mess up in word. We mess up in deed. We can mess up even in our thoughts. We're having hate there. And it's not right, but because of Jesus. And that's where we're going. See, we couldn't save ourselves. And God know we couldn't save ourselves. So he brought the law to show us that we were sinners and we were in the need of a savior. Let's go back to Romans 3.20. It says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified. That means right in God's eyes and his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. The law was only making them aware of their sin so they can turn to a savior. So this is, this was the purpose of the law. So when we look at Deuteronomy 7, 12 and 13 through 15, it says, then it shall come to pass because you listen to these judgments and keep and do them. This is why the Bible said you can't only be a hearer, you got to be a doer. So if I'm hearing what the word of God is saying, God said, if you're hearing it, I want you to do it. If you're not doing it, you didn't hear it. Just like you sitting here tonight and I'm giving you this teaching. Once you get this teaching, you should be a doer of what you heard. If you go out of here and you're not a doer of what you heard, you didn't hear. See, when you pay attention to his words, you incline your ear Unto his sayings. And I'm going to tell you what inclined means. Since we went over this before. You know how you can be nosy. And say you ain't nosy. I'm picking on Kwishime. You can say you're not nosy. Like she's sitting there. And act like she minding her business. But she done inclined that ear up to this pulpit. Or she done inclined that ear somewhere. To hear what somebody has to say. When I say incline your ear. Do y'all see a big ear coming out? And it's making sure it get all the juice, all the gossip. I don't know about y'all, but when I really want to hear something, when I want to spy on my kids, I sit there and act like nothing ain't going on and that ear be trying to scratch as far as it can go. Say, what? No, you didn't. And you kind of catch everything that you can catch. So when you hear a thing, if I heard something that my children should not been doing because I heard it, I'm going to do something about what I heard. Come on, somebody. Come on, Najina. You ain't going to sit there if you heard something that Ethan done and you know you heard that he was running his mouth in class. You ain't going to sit there and act like you didn't hear it. You're going to go get little Ethan and say, come here. Come on, I'm helping somebody in this room tonight. You be a hearer, Brother Willie, and you'd be a what? A doer. 
You ain't going to sit there and hear. Well, no, I ain't going to say that because some of y'all hear stuff and you know it ain't right. And you keep it to yourself and you tell people, stop saying nothing. You won't get in the midst of it. Don't say nothing. But you heard. So you want to go to that person and you want to bring correction, Delisha, Pookie. You want to bring correction because God chastised those whom he so how can Delisha sit in her house if she know her husband is putting together something wrong and she's hearing he's putting together it wrong? She got to be a doer and bring some correction. So wait a minute, baby. Uh-uh, you can't put that piece there. You got to put it here. So let's say she heard him say what he was going to do and she knew it was wrong. And she said, I ain't telling him nothing. His old prideful self. Now, Mishan, I'm using this for an example. She didn't say not one word. So she said, I ain't telling him nothing, his old uh, prideful self. Let him go and put it together. So she sit there, and then he think he done something, and the table wopsided. And he say, well, wonder why this table wopsided. Because you put the wrong piece. You let me put all this together. When you hear, no matter who it is, even me, some people don't have a problem with me if I have a scripture and I know what I'm going to say and that scripture is not that scripture. They heard it, so they're going to, that, that scripture you said wasn't right. But other people, I ain't going to mess with them. When you are here, he said, then he, it shall come to pass because you listen to these judgments. How many listen to the word? Nobody saying nothing. When you listen to these judgments and keep and do them, then the Lord your God will keep you the covenant and the mercy which he swore to your fathers. And he will love you and bless you and multiply you. He would also bless the fruit of your womb, the fruit of your land, your grain, your new wine, your oil, the increase of your cattle, the offspring of your flock in the land of which he swore to your fathers to give you. You shall be blessed above all people. There shall not be a male or female barren among you or you or among your livestock. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt, which you have known, but will lay them on those who hate you. This is all in according to you keeping all of his judgments, all of his statues and doing them. How many in this room can say we do what the word of God tell us to do. By us not doing it, if we go by law, then we'll see ourselves not getting nothing. Ain't that correct? Because you got to do to get according to the law. So this was God's standards. God's standards were so high. Nobody could meet God's standards, his commands. Nobody could do it. That's why they had to know that they couldn't do it and they were in the need of a savior so they can say, Lord, I need a savior. I need for somebody to come rescue me. I need for somebody to come stand in my place because I can't do it. That was law. So we're going to talk about righteousness now. We talked about the law and the requirements of the law. You had to do everything that the law said. And that's how you would get something from God. If you didn't do everything the law said, you wouldn't get it. But how many know we're not up under the law no more? We're up under grace. We're up under grace. Thank God for grace and mercy. 
So go back with me to Romans 3 and let's look at verse 21. It says, but now the righteousness of God apart from the law, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. That means it's made known, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe for there is no difference. So the righteousness that is of God now comes through Jesus Christ. It does not come through anything we will do or anything we want to do. It comes through him. And let me give you an example. If you, how can I put it? No matter how many times you mess up. It does not take away what God has done for you. You're still blessed. You still heal. You still deliver. You still have everything that God says belong to you. Why? Because it's not based on you. It's based on Jesus. It's based on what Jesus done on your behalf. So no matter how many times you mess up, God is not going to change his mind. He's already given you everything. You just have to know and accept everything that belongs to you. But when you know who you are and you know what God has done and you know you being in right standing is because of Jesus and not because of you, you will turn from what you're doing. If there's fornication, if there's adultery, if there's anything in your life that ain't right, if there's lying, stealing, cheat, whatever is in your life that is not right, when you know who you are, now that you're in Christ, you don't want to live that way no more. The more the word you get in you of who you are, you would drop off all those things. Those things would be meaningless to you. That's why the devil don't want you in the word to know who you are now that you're in Christ. Anyone that's in the word and know they're in right standing with God and know God is a holy God, we're going to live a holy life according to who we are now that we're in him. Holy mean I'm set apart from the world. I'm not going to do what the world does. Now, come on, we may fall short sometime, but we're going to get back up because we're recognizing that's not God's way. That's not my daddy's way of doing things. That's not my daddy's way of being. So, I don't want to go that way no more. How many know if you went down a road and going down that road is full of darkness and you know in the midst of that darkness is bears, is lions, is snakes and all of those things going down that road. So you going down that road and you seeing all of those things and when you see all of those things you're saying I'm not going back down this road no more. Because this road has death on it and if I keep going that way I'm going to die. So you're going to say, I don't want to die. I want to live. So what you're going to do? You're going to turn around. Come on. Even if you're in a car, I don't know about you, with the doors locked, I'm still going to find a way to turn around. And I'm not going to go that way no more. Why? Because I know what's down that road. I know death is down that road. And if I choose that road, God ain't going to stop me. So if any of y'all in here is praying, God, if you don't want me to fornicate, if you don't want me to commit adultery, if you don't want me to lie, if you don't want me to steal, God, knock on wood. God, if you don't want me to slap that person, God, say something. 
Come on, God, he gives us choices. He gives us the right to choose. That's why he put that tree in the midst of that garden. He said, I have to give you a right. If it was up, think about it, y'all. God is so loving. God said, I created you with a will. So I'm going to have to give you the opportunity to make the choice. But we make the choice based on what we hear. Faith come by hearing, hearing come by the word of God. The more I get into the word of God, the more I love my enemies. You can tell the ones that's not in the word. Because they still hate people because they don't want to do what they want them to do. They still have they what is that thing on your shoulders, a chip on the shoulders. They still have a wall up because they feel like this one should have done them this way or that one should have done them this way. You ain't in your word the way you need to be. Because by now, people should see change, not the same thing over and over again. So when you know that you're the righteousness of God, when you know that you're from the kingdom of God, when you know that Jehovah, the self-existing one, he is your father and you're taught by him. It's no way you can live in sin because your father hates sin. And when you know what the son did, he done away with sin. Why would you want to live with it? When you know who you are. Because your righteousness ain't based on you. It's based on Jesus and what he did on your behalf. 2 Corinthians 5.21 He who knew no sin became sin for us so we could become the righteousness of God, what? By him, through him. It was a great exchange. Jesus gave us his righteousness for our sins. Come on, somebody. Who does that? Come on, that's something that we need to think about. It was a great exchange. He made us righteous. And he took up on our sins, past, present, and future sins. So if I know, come on, if y'all know what your parents did for you. I remember when I was growing up and I, y'all remember them fish head sneakers and hey, they were popular back then. But then later on, they start bringing out some other kind. So when they was bringing out the other kind, I didn't want my fish heads no more. And I knew my daddy wasn't going to buy me them expensive sneakers. So you know what I said? I said, I'm going to cut a hole in these sneakers. Thinking that my daddy would buy me another pair of sneakers. I didn't get them. I did, because I bought that on myself. My daddy loved me. But why would I want to take something from my daddy when I had something good right in front of me? What I'm saying is everything God give us is good, but we want more. We see what somebody else have and we want more, but we have everything that we need. I had what I needed. I had a good pair of shoes, but that wasn't good enough because I looked and saw Sister Deborah's shoes and I wanted her shoes. So I'm laughing at my daddy and say, what you have gotten me ain't good enough, but he loved me so much. He didn't want me to go barefoot, y'all. That's love. So we give up what the father has given us because we want to live a crooked life. I'm going to say that a crooked life, a twisted life. We have the righteousness of God on the inside of us. And in order for us to connect to this righteousness that we have, we got to renew our mind according to what Jesus done on our behalf. 
And everything we need ain't based on us no more. God has given it to us through his son. And the only thing we have to do is know what we have. So we look at the righteousness apart from the law. This is what Paul said in Philippians 3, 9. And be found in him not having my own righteousness. Before we accepted Jesus, our righteousness was just like a filthy rag, according to Isaiah 64, 6. It says, but we are all like an unclean thing. And all our righteousness are like filthy rags. We all fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. But it's not based on us. This is why Paul said, and to be found in him. Paul knew that he was in Christ, not having my own righteousness. My life ain't based on what I do or how I do it. My life is based on Christ, which is from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. So we don't base our life on what we do or what we don't do. We base our life on the righteousness that comes through Jesus. And we don't have to worry about trying to do something to get something. So the righteousness of man is based on what he does. And I'm going to give you um, a scripture on that. I think it's Luke 18, beginning at the ninth verse. Somebody can check that for me. You might can get it quicker than I can while I'm reading it. I think it's Luke 18, verse 9. Also, he spoke this parable. Is it Luke 18, 9? Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Now, when you're trusting in yourself, you're trusting in you to get it right before you can be accepted. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Remember, two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other was a what? A tax collector. And it said, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus within himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. Look how he was putting other people down. And I think it is Luke 18, 9. Did anybody ever get there? Okay. So he said, I thank you. He prayed within himself. God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, that even as this tax collector. Look how he was comparing himself. He said, I'm not an extortioner. I'm not unjust. I'm not committing adultery or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. So he was saying, My righteousness is based on me paying tithes. It's based on me not committing adultery. It's based on me um, not being unjust, not even being like this tax collector. I'm not all of these things, so I'm righteous. How many of us in this room do this when it comes to other people? Just because we see somebody that ain't living like they need to live and we not living like they're living, we're more righteous than they are. Well, Father, I thank you. I'm not like old Tiffany sitting there. 
I thank you, Father, I come to church. I thank you, Father, I pay my tithes. I thank you, Father, I speak to everybody. I thank you, Father, I fast and pray. I ain't like that old Tiffany. I hardly see her even in church. Father, I hardly see her even bowing her head to pray. I ain't like her, so I know I'm righteous. I know I'm going to heaven before she do. Come on, we got some in this room just like that. We all do it. Come on. We, come on. We all do it. Let me get mad at my husband. Well, Lord, I thank you. <laughs> Don't we do it, women? I'm, I'm, I'm not ashamed of my game. But when the Holy Ghost take that rope and grab me, I'm like, okay, okay, that's right. That's not right. That's not right because I said some things I shouldn't have said too. When the Holy Ghost get a hold of you, you come out your self-righteous mode. Come on, help me somebody. Because we try to put ourselves in a category and we look at somebody else differently. But all of us was made righteous. The, the problem is all of us is trying to get right when we was already made right. And if you know you was already made right, you live a righteous life. Your righteousness is not based on you. But look what the tax collector did. He's standing afar off. We're not so much as raised his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. He said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled. And he who humbles himself will be exalted. This tax collector didn't look at nothing but help me. I'm a sinner. Lord, be merciful unto me. I'm a sinner. He didn't do like the tax collector. He was justified. See, when we recognize it ain't based on us, it's based on what Jesus done. Then we understand my righteousness is not based upon me. It's based upon Jesus. So the righteousness, the two kinds of righteousness is a self-righteousness, which we feel like we have to do. But the second one is the righteousness of God. It is um, us accepting um, what Jesus have already done on our behalf, what he has provided through his death on the cross. That's what the other righteousness is. The righteousness of God, not based on us, but based on his son. Would you not rather take that second one? Because we know that we mess up. Some of us are screw ups. Some of us hadn't um, renewed our mind. We hadn't gotten there yet. But if we can hold on to he who knew no sin, became sin for us so I can become the righteousness of God through him. So when the enemy come in and condemn me and make me feel some kind of way because I said something or done something, I can say, but it don't change my right standing with God because it's because of the blood of Jesus that I'm in right standing with him. And when I go into the word of God and renew my mind constantly dealing with the righteousness of God, I'm not going to go down that same road no more. If some of y'all are going down that same road, it's because you don't know your new identity. You don't know that you've been made righteous with God. You're not in this good book to know your new identity. I'm going to say this because the Holy Spirit is, is giving me this illustration. When someone move out of a house and you move into a new location, you had a change of address. 
and that new location that you're in got everything that you need. Why do you keep going back to the old location? Because you don't belong there no more. Can anybody tell me? If God put you in a mansion and you were in a shack, he gave you a new identity, Najina, and he said, I want you to come on up to the mansion. I want you to live here forever. Why would you go back to the shack that don't have what you need? You know why you will go back there? Because you didn't leave there. Because anything that you leave that you know don't belong to you no more, you ain't going to go back to it. Come on, somebody. Anybody? And the reason why you do is because you ain't accepted truly what you already have. Come on and give God some glory. (laughs) Hallelujah. Anyhow, that's the righteousness of God. So we don't do what the world do no more. Because we know who we are. We don't shake a tail feather no more. Like the world do. Because we know who we are. Now that we're in Christ. We're separated. We're set apart. Amen. Okay. Maybe we got two people that want to come up here now. And go ahead and do your presentation on salvation. And what else was it? Being born again. Thanks for watching Miracle Temple Deliverance Ministries. Where miracles happen. You can join us each week on Sunday at 11 a.m. Eastern for church service and on Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern for Bible study. For upcoming events, teachings, and ways to contact us and more, you can visit us on the web at www.mtdm.org. You can also give a donation by clicking the Donation tab. God bless you, and we will see you next week.